Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, it's good to be back among so many friends. Um, Some of you don't know me. My name is Bowie Snodgrass, and I was a seminarian here for two years, from 2014 to 2016, like Jay is now. I was ordained a deacon one year ago in March and a priest in October. And I want to thank you for this beautiful stole, which was my ordination gift from the congregation. I'm now the curate, which is Anglican for assistant priest, at Christ Church in Short Hills, New Jersey. My husband, George, sends greetings from India, and my son is in Sunday school, my son Jacob. We are very thankful for the formative years that we had here and to remain part of the Calvary St. George family. I want to begin with the Exodus passage about a quarrel of sorts between Moses and the people of Israel in the wilderness after they left Egypt and before they arrived in the Holy Land. They were wandering in the desert, and the people were thirsty, but there was no water. They murmured against Moses. I love that phrase. And Moses asked God for help, and God helped Moses miraculously produce water from a stone. But this story is as much about the children of Israel who put the Lord to the proof, testing him. Asking, is the Lord among us or not? And sometimes, and Lent is a good season for this, we need to quarrel, to argue, to wrestle with God, even to ask, is the Lord among us or not? Just this week, I've been questioning where God is in the new immigration executive order the proposed health care bill, the proposed budget. And those are just a few of the big headlines of the past week. Perhaps you've been wrestling with things in your personal life, with things at work, with events from your past, or even your relationship with God. Sometimes we need to bring God our doubts our debates, our questions, sometimes even our anger. If you think God can't handle it, it's not a very big God. This week, I've been wrestling a little bit with today's gospel text about the Samaritan woman who is a compelling and complicated female figure in the fourth gospel. The setting where the story takes place is outside of a Samaritan city. Jesus is alone at the sixth hour, which is noon. This is the heat of the day. When an unnamed woman comes also to Patriarch Jacob's well. The first question is, why is she here? I had always heard that she came at this hour because she's an outcast, as we'll learn later, and that she was either avoiding or was shunned by the other women who typically went out at evening to get water when it was cooler. 
But perhaps she was urged by the Holy Spirit to go there and meet Jesus. Perhaps she was sent not knowing why. Either way, she is part of a long tradition about women at wells. Abraham's servant met Rebecca, Isaac's future wife, at a well. And Jacob met Rachel at a well. Moses met Zipporah, his future wife, at a well in Midian. And here we find Jesus talking to a woman at Jacob's well in Samaria. Jesus simply asks her for some water to drink. But she astutely replies, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? And Jesus almost immediately offers her the gift of living water, hers just for the asking. She politely but pointedly asks how exactly he would get it and just who he thinks he is. Is he bigger than Jacob? And Jesus replies by telling her about living water and what is possible through him. The water that I give you will become in those who drink it a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. And then she asks, as invited, she asks for the living water. But at this point, the conversation takes a turn. Jesus asks her about her husband, and she says she has none. And he brings up the five husbands she has had, and that the one she has now is not her true husband. Whoa, what's her deal? I wrestled with this woman and with her husbands. Was she just simply a sinner and an outcast? Was she a concubine? Was she married to a string of brothers like Tamar? Were these husbands of choice or of circumstance? One male commentator I read said, at best, I think her moral situation may be described as irregular or unusual. But I also read an intriguing feminist interpretation from Sandra M. Schneider's in Written That You May Believe that these five husbands are integral and symbolic rather than literal and a random high number. See, the Jews and the Samaritans were bitter enemies, but they were neighbors. And they were both descendants of the 12 tribes of Israel. They first diverged when the northern kingdom of Israel and Judah split. But the next big wedge came between them and is recounted in 2 Kings 17, when many residents of the area returned from exile in Babylonia and the people of Samaria began to worship five gods, or Baals, gods of the other people who had invaded or settled in Samaria along with the people of Israel. The Jews considered Samaria's Yahwism tainted. They had broken one of the commandments, no idols. And so even the husband or the relationship that the people of Samaria had to God, to Yahweh, 
was not now considered a true covenant. And perhaps Jesus, the bridegroom, had come to the well to meet the Samaritan woman with no name, representing her people, and offering her full covenant fidelity in the new Israel through Jesus, the new bridegroom. After this revelation about her tainted past, she could have walked away. But she kept going. She continued the conversation. She persisted. This woman is the first character in the Gospel of John to engage in serious theological conversation with Jesus. We see her faith grow with each question, with each response. She doesn't back away from the tough questions, neither the ones posed to her, nor the ones that she poses to Jesus. Instead, she calls him a prophet. Then she asks a question about where true worship will take place, on Mount Gerizim, as the Samaritans believed, or in the temple in Jerusalem. But Jesus says soon location won't even matter. She says she believes the Messiah is coming. And he replies, I am he. I am is the name for God that the Samaritans used. And at this climactic point, the disciples returned. Disciples who had just brought some food back from a Samaritan city, so the Samaritans can't be that bad if they're willing to eat their food. And they're more suspicious of her as a woman than as a Samaritan. And at that moment, she leaves. But this woman, this unnamed woman, is the first missionary. She goes back to her people, and she tells them about Jesus And they come to believe, and they identify him as truly the Savior of the world. This is the only time that the word Savior appears in the Gospel of John. I respect this unnamed woman for her debate with the divine. Her scandalous conversation with Jesus is a dialogue of theological depth and intensity in which Jesus reveals much about Samaria, about himself, and about her. And she becomes a believer and a missionary. And just as the murmuring in the wilderness led to a miracle, water from a rock, so does this extended conversation between a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman lead to revelation. The acknowledgement of Jesus as Messiah and Savior and the great I Am. And then the conversion of her people, the Samaritans who are members of one family with the Jews, although they have been estranged. When Jacob wrestled with the angel who broke his hip, he received a blessing and a new name, Israel. And coincidentally, tomorrow, March 20th, is the Catholic feast day of St. Photina, the name given to the Samaritan woman, whom legend says continued her missionary activity until she was martyred in Carthage or Rome. 
Photina means light or the luminous one. In this season of Lent, where we enter into the darkness, I encourage you to keep on asking your questions. Keep on coming back. Don't give up. Inquire. Persist. Bring your doubts. Ask your big questions like, is the Lord among us or not? After years of wrestling, I have come to believe firmly in a big God for a big world. Jesus came to be Savior of the world, and he was also Savior to this one woman. We are all invited to receive Christ's living water and to never thirst again. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.